it was the colonies versus the shepherds the pizza versus the shepherd pie the cappuccino versus the english tea and it was the italians who came on top and to talk about the italians and english feelings that they had separately on that night we have two it uh, two people like separately obviously from italy and england to take us through so join us in the podcast where we the fans talk about football from the stands and those two people are amir who is from italy amir hey there hi nikhil thank you so much for having me really it's splendid to join you man and omkar what's up Hi, uh, hi, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Also, and that's a great, that's a great intro. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. So, uh, this uh, to the listeners that I just need to give you a background that where these guys are actually from, because they'll be wondering from the names, so who's English and who's Italian. So, Amir has a history. Uh, he he is Italian. He has his roots from Pakistan, and uh, Omkar has his roots from India, but is English. So, there they are. my guests for tonight so guys okay uh, it was wonderful i mean the whole match was really really nerve wracking wonderful and shaw look shaw coming up and scoring the heat up like scoring and turning the heat up in the second minute itself i mean how was it like conceding in the second minute itself how how, how did you like feel absolutely like you know it leaves you devastated and um, honestly the italy team that uh, we all knew from the last let's say 10 years and but, but forget about italy like any team that concedes goal in the first 2 minutes no matter if you are strong or or, or weak especially yeah, in the yeah. final because it's, it's 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 about nerves and when you concede the goal after within the first 2 minutes mentally it's very difficult to react like as a fan it was uh, honestly i was very negative at that moment for uh when i was thinking about the result after 2 minutes i i thought you know we are gone we are done but or, or lo- it was really lovely to see the reaction from our players uh, especially the midfield i think we this time we were lucky to have three midfielders who can change the game like individually verratti jorginho and barella especially jorginho has been outstanding apart from you know moving the game uh, with the difficult setup that the, the english man brought uh, mm-hmm. that day he's been consistent he's been innovative i, I think innovation that's what italy ma- needed uh, in the last few years because we have seen people in the midfield like montolivo tiago motta who were slow in the build up slow uh, in <laughs> de rossi another one like they were very defensive midfielders so this time right. we had creative and innovative midfielders so i think Uh, obviously new mentality fresh mentality that allowed us to overcome that shock uh, that we obviously uh, considered in the first minutes so that was really good to see the reaction of the team and the goal but overall 19 shots six in target 66% of possession i think that showed uh, the character of the team and that tells really strong character right i mean uh, you need to actually see it through the whole tournament how italy has been performing like you could see the brotherhood between the players like if you save a corner if you like save uh, some block something anybody does anything like banucci and kalini just like cheering up them like I, it's really fantastic to see both of them like uh, well above 30s and playing like uh, like, like 18 year old kids 
it is absolutely and um, you mentioned about the brotherhood it, it reminded me of the Juventus trio like Gigi Buffon mm-hmm. uh, Chiellini oh, okay. Bonucci and Barzagli like I think these are the people who um, like I, I've been watching football since I was a kid but I never I've never seen a defender celebrating after you know saving a goal so it, mm-hmm. it's very common for, for that block you know Bonucci and Chiellini when they save goal for them it's like you know they save their own lives because that's what it, it means to them it means everything whenever they're playing so that's really that's really good to see as well yeah and uh, talking about england onkar like we heard amish reaction what was your reaction when that goal went in um honestly I, when that when that goal went in uh, from Luke Shaw that was I was ecstatic I couldn't believe that it been happened in the first place within especially within the first two minutes mm-hmm. um you know uh, the way that you know the way England played within the you know it's from the start it, it was really it was really strong uh, and it it kind of showed especially when you know when we scored that goal I was you know I was pretty much ecstatic uh, and I've had confidence in that team like I've had confidence uh, you know in England from from the first from, from that from that goal that would make it far the whole country went ballistic yeah. i mean that was the occasion <laughs> to celebrate i think yeah yeah it, it, it was uh, it was ballistic um, you know there's footage there was footage from like pubs and you know outdoor places and everyone was going crazy i mean even even the stadium itself you know everyone was you know cheering and you know <laughs> everyone was chanting it's coming home uh, unfortunately <laughs> that wasn't right. the result <laughs> it, it went wrong yep it, it went wrong <laughs> but you know uh, it was a very big occasion to be honest i mean uh, having 80000 fans in a stadium after a pandemic and after it's not clear as well you know, the pandemic is not gone it's it's still out there and still 80000 people risking their life to celebrate uh, a cup for their country but things didn't really go their way that night i mean that must have hurt for that night yeah onka yeah definitely I mean there was there was good react well like you know after that match it was a lot of things that's been happening there's been you know uh, people never took it the right way I guess and a lot of people were de- you know devastated after the last especially like you know the the last time England won something was like six hours a long long time ago so yeah. this is our kind of and this is our first euros as well that we've been to the finals mm-hmm. you know for that last it was it was a big loss but at the same time um you know I was very proud that we made it to the finals mm-hmm. but then you know uh, england really had some amazing performances on the field to be proud of uh, especially the whole defense as a unit they played really well apart from considering from the set piece i they have been solid throughout the tournament definitely yeah um i was very happy with the performance of of defenders especially like walker uh walker uh, luke shaw i mean all, all, you know even the whole defender as a, you know as a unit they all mm-hmm. played very well and i was very surprised um because italy was playing very good uh, conceded italy was up in the game and you know i was there were times where i was like i thought it was going to happen uh, you know i thought we were going to concede especially towards uh, half time um mm-hmm. you know it was you know pickford is pickford uh, pickford is, is he's been playing very good um yeah, you know comments good competition yeah yeah so i was you know uh, i was very happy that you know we 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 managed to defend when we can after italy conceded it was very it's very intense 
definitely uh you know uh, onka some people really criticized why southgate was playing with two defensive midfielders uh but they don't complain when they win do they so like it it's funny because a lot of people they you know they like they very criticized and you know uh we were like why are we doing this why are we playing uh, defensive uh, midfielders even uh, in, in the previous match um uh, prior to italy you know we because i think we went to extra time and um we we uh, yes, substitution penalty yeah we substituted jack grealish uh, you know he was on for too long for a, a defend you know for a defensive player and i think is you know the tactic was to be to have a strong defense because we knew that italy was going to be very strong on attack um so i i, I afterwards we kind of you know i kind of understood what uh, garza you know Southgate was doing like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store definitely uh talking about midfield Amir, how good has been that trio in the midfield has been? Like you mentioned already, Barella has been really good. Jorginho is so decisive in his passes. That guy hardly like you know puts a foot wrong in midfield. And yeah. uh, and Verratti, Verratti has had really important competition. You know, coming off from an injury for PSG, not having that much of game time, but still you know playing in like a boss uh, takes some guts. Yeah and I think um, definitely Jorginho has been amazing. Barella has had an amazing season with the best coach in the world, Antonio Conte, which, which to me is the best best coach. So when you train with him, you run like three times more than any other player. Mm-hmm. Like he his methods of training are obviously a lot more tougher than any other coach. That's why maybe he gets better results from mediocre players. and the way he has developed barella this year it's amazing uh, i mean barella played a, a game with his personality against juventus uh, and they mm-hmm. won 2-0 at san siro and that's where basically their uh, their run to scudetto began so where that's where they started to believe in themselves and they won the scudetto so he has, he was really motivated he came really confident in the tournament and it just followed on this season that the amazing season he, he has had Uh, Jorginho uh, is is he's surprising obviously he won the Champions League uh, technically he's perfect lots of work lots of hard work we knew him from Napoli time now he's been in mm-hmm. Chelsea for 3 years he's been you know outside outstanding uh, especially with penalties and the passes uh, for Verratti obviously everyone was really afraid like I was really afraid because he was injured and we were not even sure like if he would be playing but i think what mm-hmm. makes this trio or this team unique is again the the spirit of brotherhood and spirit of group that they have and you know the the environment that the coaches have created around this team i think that was really really good to see and you can see it on social media nowadays we are much more close to the players than we ever were before so that's really good to see i mean they are uh, always chilling together at all the time they're never tired of each other like you know they're not <laughs> tired of staying <laughs> with each other so even after two months they were like still with the same positive energy when talking to each other or you know playing around so that's i think that's that was the secret the groupism and it was team effort i think obviously not just the three of them but pesina everyone everyone yeah yeah pesina berardi bernardeschi 
whoever just came in during the game, they've been excellent as well. So I think it's uh, this is the secret. The group. Yeah, you, you mentioned about Barella being how good he is and Antonio Conte's technique teaching. I remember when uh, Conte came in at Inter and he demanded specifically for Barella and Sensi. Yeah, uh, he did. <laughs> yeah, he it's like he actually wanted them to be here. Exactly. I mean, one can ask me, oh, coach, what names you want? Well, if I was called, they would ask De Bruyne and Golo Kante Pogba. <laughs> but, but, but he was like, you know, he said, like, I want players from Cagliari and Sassuolo. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, Barella was in Cagliari and Sensi was with Sassuolo, I think. So, he, Inter obviously bowed them, but. Yeah, because he saw the potential and again, he's a beast of coach. So, four years ago when we were playing the Euros in 2016, Conte mm-hmm. was Italy's coach and again, he had a mediocre team. He didn't have many stars, but still he did great Euro that time as well. So, I, I, I think Conte's effect is, is seen there. But also Conte, let's not forget, is the man who, who relaunched Chiellini's career who relaunched Barzagli and then obviously uh, started playing Bonucci, Chiellini and Barzagli in three in defence. That's where the brand of of the BB, the Italian BBC became. And Bonucci and Chiellini have been at the top for 10 years. I think that's all thanks to this, you know, Conte is one of the Italian masters because uh, he is part of that gen- golden generation that we call in Italy who has won the World Cup. But he retired uh, two years earlier. But mm-hmm. na- the players who played in Serie A in the 90s, because in 1990s and the early 2000s, the Serie A was the top league. Everyone used to play there, like you know, Maldini, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, the, 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 the old Ronaldo. And all the top players from around the world, they used to play in Serie A. And Serie A was the, you know, the capital of the football, just like the Premier League nowadays. And uh, especially the two teams, Inter Milan and, and Juventus, uh, were mm-hmm. were the top. So Conte was part of that team. He's been captain of the Juventus. He played at the top. He learned from the top coaches, and he, I think, from uh, that generation of coaches, um, Maldini. Obviously, Maldini went on, on another road. He's, he's director now. Zanetti yeah, himself. Yeah. So I think these people are, have inspired, in my perspective, Bonucci and Chiellini a lot. And obviously Barella now, who's playing with Conte. Do you see any of these guys like Bagazali, uh, Bonucci or Chiellini being a manager someday? Uh, Pirlo tried. Um, uh, I think from all of these ones, the most clever person is Pirlo. Uh, <laughs> he, he met with Pete. <laughs> Well, he started right from the top, so maybe he just needs some time. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, I also thought that appointment that it was a little bit more of pillar to ask at that point of time because he was really uh, inexperienced as a coach. Exactly, and starting right from the top uh, and then in a complicated situation, it wasn't easy, but he took on the challenge. Uh, personally, from all of the other ones, I think, uh, I personally think the Rossi could be a good coach because mm-hmm. yeah, he was seen good. also there in the Italian squad. Yeah, was yeah, he a technical, the, technical sub, something like that? Yeah, he's the assistant coach to Mancini, like he's the second. Oh, I see. He's, he's really high as well. Like, even he's 
uh, Superlo completed his course, he went to Juventus straight. And De Rossi completed his course of uh, being a coach. And obviously he's been uh, asked by Mancini to, to be his assistant. Because Mancini doesn't have many experts around. Like he has Viali, who is the... Uh, <laughs> He has this particular role of being the delegation supervisor, like he's a sporting director at that moment. And then the mm-hmm. technical director is Lele Oriali. Uh, again, these both, they both are not coaches. So, the Galli, the third one, he is assistant coach alongside De Rossi. So, De Rossi mm-hmm. is, uh, is playing a crucial role when it comes to the technical point of view. Whereas, Viali and, and, and Oriali, they are more managers like directors rather than actual uh, trainers. So De Rossi plays a crucial role right. on the field. He spends a lot of time with players and in, during training sessions. He was very crucial as well. And what a personality right. to have around. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah I still remember him. Uh, those videos of him sliding down the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he maintains the group as well. Uh, he spent all of his life uh, at Roma at Totti's shadow basically but but mm. obviously he's he is a, a man or who needs no introduction uh, obviously uh, again I was I mentioned him in a more negative light because he's not mm. a creative midfielder I saw him more as a defender but when he is there uh, you know you are uh, in trouble because obviously it's really difficult to pass someone like De Rossi who's very aggressive just like just like Chiellini we saw uh, the other day, but he was a midfielder, so uh, I think that justifies everything. Yeah, kids today will never know what Tirosi was. And shifting now our uh, focus from Italian's defence to English attack. Uh, Ongar, how satisfied were you with the English attack that was lined up through the whole tournament? What, um, or, or, I mean, or what would have been your preferred attack? To be honest, I think we've had a pretty decent attack. I mean, we had uh, we had Kane up front uh, on the strike. Uh, we've had uh, uh, Sterling and Mount uh, mm-hmm. midfielding and also playing a wing. Um, one thing I was, you know, um, one person I think that made a big difference to the uh, to the team was I think Sterling has performed very well throughout the mm-hmm. whole tournament. Uh, yeah. You know, providing providing loads of goals. Uh, he's also assisted a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. One thing actually that I was a bit concerned about during the finals, because um, we've had, you know, we've had Grealish come on, um, we know, uh, we had Marcus Rashford, but I was hoping to see more of Marcus Rashford because he, he only came on during the last, you know, last couple of minutes uh, before penalties mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and one uh, one shock that what you know I had was Philip. I'm not too sure uh, if was Foden, I'm not too sure, but were you know Foden? Was he injured during the last? game because uh, he, he didn't make any appearance no he wasn't injured but I heard he had a knock in the training in the last like a, before the final but it was just knock okay yeah because I, I was a bit you know I was a bit shocked about Foden because I, I was hoping that he'd make some kind of um, you know entrance in the final but you know again he wasn't playing um, but yeah I, I mean thank god Jack, uh, I think Jack Grealish made the, you know he made the change to the game um, but I, I was hoping to see more of Marcus Rashford because um, he was, you know, he was someone that I, I thought he would have made the change, especially having a good pace. Uh, and, he, you know, he, he's, a, he's a pretty good striker. He just, yeah. Apart from that, I was very happy with, with how they're playing um, in, in attack as well. 
yeah me too i mean personally i really miss trashford on the left flank because sterling for me has been a good left winger but i would personally uh, like to see him as a false nine or a center forward uh, just yeah. because of his trickeries and the pace and that he has because uh, yeah that's all right because he got the crucial penalty he drew the foul against uh, denmark some would say it was not a penalty but you know there was the foot that had contacted with him that's why he went on and he did that deliberately so yeah. sterling play his role well but you know rashford there would have instilled more fear in defender than sterling did in my opinion and i, and I, I agree please uh, rashford no, I, sorry yeah I, i agree in that case um you know still having sterling on you know at least like a center forward um cuz sterling's very he's fast but he's very he's good at his dribbling and i feel like if he's in the center he you know he'd make his way around and mm-hmm. especially having rashford on the on the left wing he'd, he'd be very dangerous um uh you know he's he's good at his, you know he's good at crossing in and he, he also he, he's uh, his dribbling is his dribbling can be dangerous as well um but yeah i again like I, you know that's that's one change i would have made uh, if you know if yeah. i changed my attack i get that but you know saka has already also been really good whenever he got his chances like he got them with both his hands oh yeah um one thing i'll say that was quite controversial actually during the Italy and England match. Um uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Amir will agree with this but would would you say that was a foul Bellini and Saka? No obviously it was Bellini. a foul but if you are in that situation like you know you know the striker is really quick and you are 2 meters behind him you know you're never mm-hmm. going to catch him. Uh yeah and you are like towards the end of the match is the second most important trophy after the World Cup. I would do it even if it cost me a red card <laughs> I would do it. But it's you know foul, definitely. It's a foul, indeed. Yeah, but I would. I agree. Absolutely, the goal. Thank you for the honesty. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, that's the honest answer. Yeah, I, I thought that's a foul, and you know we should have got something for that. But you know, you know, it was it was totally up to referee to decide like which card to give because yellow. Obviously, it would have been a yellow. No, nothing less than that. But you know, the chance that it was there, that that real chance that Saka created. that could really have been a red you know i that was yeah. Yeah, yeah that he was got a easier like he soft penalty and that kind of decision it was yeah yeah it was an orange basically it wasn't yeah, a red or it wasn't a yellow it was an orange, orange card man yeah football really does need an orange card <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be great like coming off for five minutes to come back on um No, but yeah, that would have been great. But um, no, yeah. uh, if if that was a red, it it would have the whole game would have changed. Uh, I believe. Definitely. I mean, yeah. Kelly, if he would have been sent off at that crucial moment, Italy would have been heavily wounded uh, mentally, if not on the field. Yeah, yeah uh, even physically as well. Like, yeah, okay, with ten men, uh, and plus I think it was an extra time. He was. Yeah, two pass. Yeah, yeah. Would, it, I think it would have it would have damaged the morale of Italy because I feel like uh, Benucci and Cellini, Cellini, um, they, they were tremendous. You know, like uh, Amir was talking earlier on. Um, you know, after the blocks, after every like tackle they made, they was kind of cheering it. And I mm-hmm. feel like if you if you kind of have that boost or like that mentality of, you know, staying positive or you know celebrating little wins like this, it, it kind of you know it kind of lifts the the morale and the spirits of the Italian players. So fair play because it was a very tough match, but yeah, I feel like the the, the mentality was very strong. 
throughout the tournament it has been strong and that's why Italy are a European champions all right so boys i'm going to ask yeah. you to do something really uh, fun here Onka, I want you to name Italy's best player of the tournament, and Amir, I want you to name England's best player of the tournament. Oh, <laughs> um, shall I go first? Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. whoever wants to go I, first. I believe. I I just believe. I I believe. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Uh, right? Uh, is it Kaiser? Yes. Yeah, I believe he he's the best. Uh, he he played he performed he performed very well for Italy. Definitely scoring all the crucial goals. I mean that goal against Spain actually sp- oh, well, yeah. changed Spain's game a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean Spain were attacking Italy left, right, and center. Just because they didn't have a good striker, Spain has suffered. And that's why they are out of the tournament. But then again, Kiesa, Kiesa took his chances really, really well whenever he had chances. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, for me, like watching like Italy play uh, throughout the uh, tournament, I do feel like you know Kiesa made a, 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 an impact um, in terms of attacking, especially. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and to be honest, I feel like it was like Amir said again. Like I feel like Italy played well as a team. I think. It's not like a, a one-man team. It's you know every player is individually playing uh, amazing and bonded very well. Um, definitely see the you know the brothership uh, between each of the players, and I feel like you know that kind of connection uh, within the team. It, it you know it is it, you're bound to win with that. Yeah, definitely. And also, sorry, sorry, Amir, I'm cutting you there, but I really, really enjoyed Spinozola's performance. You know. Oh yeah, I mean he's been amazing. Uh, I mean, again, he uh, he came in as, as a surprise, like Verratti, because uh, he was injured even during the season. So uh, he played half of the season. Uh, he was injured at the beginning. Then, mm-hmm. obviously, when you are injured and you make a comeback uh, in Serie A, he didn't really make a difference. Uh, I was a bit negative, like you know, everyone was. We were not expecting Spinazzola. To be at his mm-hmm. level best, but obviously during the, the tournament, I think every Italian player. Trust me, there are so many mediocre players in that team. That when you see them with their clubs, like Belotti or I don't know, Cherby Bernardeschi himself is not a phenomenon. Um, but when they play for the team, like for Italy, they are completely different. And obviously, we are talking about the group and the motivation you get for for playing you for your nation. Obviously. In Italy, we feel really nationalistic. It's more, uh, you know, India-Pakistan game in cricket. Because when you play for your country and you have that mentality, you give 20% extra for sure. Uh, I yeah. think that's that's one of the reasons the Spinazzola has been a star, and uh, not just Spinazzola but others like uh, Locatelli. He's been amazing. Pessina, obviously, Pessina was an unknown person. Who Berardi himself? He played for Sassuolo, and Sassuolo yeah. is normally on the second half in the Italian table, in the Serie A table, like the bottom ten. But uh, obviously, they've been amazing uh, because of the spirit and you know the motivation they get. Spinazzola, obviously, he's naturally talented and he's the fastest Italian. So obviously, he used his speed and he stunned everyone with his tec- technique as well this time because he's played more. Uh, Obviously played at left back, but he he stunned us. He surprised us with his uh, with his attacking play, which no one was expecting from him. 
because we don't see that much from Di Lorenzo on the right side. Uh, but he was doing so. Italy, Italy always dominated on the left side with Insigne and Spinazzola, because Spinazzola was really quick in, in creating the play with Verratti and Insigne on that side and creating the troubles. Because uh, in the first uh, half of the tournament, most of our goals came from that side. I think he's mm-hmm. been outstanding. Yeah, great. Definitely, Amir. And uh, what about your views? I mean, who was the best England player for you? It is very difficult to choose because, first of all, uh, they all played really well. Like, uh, until the final, obviously, they had their own journey. One could argue that they had the easier uh, side of the table, but they beat Ukraine to, uh, 4-0 sorry, in, in the quarter-final, which mm-hmm. was uh, obviously a big statement itself. Also Germany, do not, let's oh, not forget. Germany, well. they, they beat Germany 2-0 in, in, in Germany. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was in Germany, but again, it was in Wembley. Sorry, it was in Wembley. It's in oh, Wembley, yeah. All right, don't, I don't remember then. Uh, then obviously, they eliminated Germany. They they, they won four nil. Uh, obviously, Denmark has been great, so they struggled a little bit there. So I can't really nominate one single England player, but I would go with Phillips because he started. Uh, just casually, uh, yeah, the like the yeah, yeah, but then since the first game, he's been outstanding. Like, he That's even great. in the final, I think he was the best uh, English player because he did, he recovered so many balls. And mm-hmm. even though, as you guys mentioned earlier, like it, uh, the England team was playing with two midfielders, and he was the he was one of them, he helped a lot, like, even though it was two instead of three, I didn't see the difference because Philip was there and he recovered so many balls. He played really well throughout the tournament. Uh, obviously, I could also go with Sterling because Sterling has been decisive. But mm-hmm. I like more Philip from my my perspective because that's how I see football. I think his role was more crucial. Saving one goal is also equal to scoring one goal and he saved so many. Definitely. Wonderfully said, Amir. All right, that really brings us to the technical part of the game now. <coughs> Excuse me for that. Now let's talk about what happened outside of the game. You know, that's really sad uh, for what we got to see because of the penalties. Penalties are always, you know, a, it's a risky gamble for anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. And nearly every footballer in this planet has missed a penalty at some point or the other. Yeah. Uh, but then coming at your home against a finalist opponent and that to you know the crucial penalties uh what exactly i mean i won't i wasn't there so can you exactly tell us how was england behaving after that miss i think onkar can answer better um it was it was kind of upsetting um you know especially it Especially, you know, the, the penalties and uh, having, I, I guess, you know, the way that the penalties happened and we lost, uh, we lost the crucial tournament because of penalties. Um, not many, well, majority of the of the fans have, uh, you know, been taking it the wrong way, and it, 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 unfortunately, it, it resorted to a lot of racism, um, and it was really sad because, like. This, this having this kind of atmosphere, and I, I remember I think I, I, I went out one of the I think a day or two after the, the match, the tournament, 
and, and it was happening. I've I've experienced it happen on, on uh, you know outside um, in in Birmingham, and it was it was really a uh, it was really upsetting that a match had to resort to racism, and it was like I felt like you know the, the same people that scored, everyone kind of cheered together, no matter you know, and the, the people that that missed, you know, Asaka, Sandro, and uh, and. I'll, I'll get, I'm getting the names uh, and Rashford, yeah. Uh, it's it, it, unfortunately that, that that's a miss that you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it brings race into it. And there's been a lot of footages out there from like uh, straight after the match that you know people of color was getting beaten and racial slurs were getting thrown around. So it wasn't great. Um, and like, it, it, you know, it, it kind of makes you think that you know, has, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't upset anything that you know that racism like this had to come out just because of a football match. You know, I understand it was a finals, but it doesn't mean that you can be, you know, racist or you can say things like, you know, such a racist list. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. You know, I was reading somewhere on the internet that in England, whenever England loses a crucial match, uh, the racism and these slurs, homophobic slurs, yeah, goes up 28% and domestic violence cases rise up to 32%. Uh, that's that's really sad to hear from a, coming from a country where, you know, uh, it's known for its civilized, you know, culture and manner. They're, they're yeah. known for it. And that's coming from them. It's really, really shame, shameful. It is, uh, but on car nickel. Do you? I mean, obviously, I've been in UK since the last three years, so I've seen the the anger after 2018 World Cup, and I've seen the anger the other day when they lost the final. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the reasons that I personally think, and a lot of people really think as well, it is the "it's coming home" uh, uh, slogan that you know they use. Obviously, it's it kind of it expects. Uh, yeah, raises the expectations more. It raises the expectation, you know, and people expect that, you know, they will win. And when they, they lose, obviously their minds are not ready to accept, well, it's not coming. Yeah. And then yeah. there is reactions, uh, obviously. It's also arrogant from, uh, you know, an Italian point of view to see. It was very arrogant of the English players and, you know, everyone saying it's coming home, it's coming home. Because obviously, it, when I was with my Italian friends and Italian media, it was like, you know, it might go 50-50. We might win, but we might also lose. Well, we will be really happy because we are already in the final. So that would be a great achievement. So this was the Italian side. While the, the, the British BBC, ITV, and Sky Sport, oh, everyone, yeah. everyone was like, it's coming home. There's no other option. It's coming home. Royal Mail and everyone. Uh, you know, started the campaigns, and I think uh, when people uh, see it's not coming home, it's really difficult for them to digest. To digest, really. Uh, uh, I think I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off, Amir. I feel like uh, Amir said it. Uh, Amir said it spot on. Um, you know, I feel like, like like it's like so Italian media, right? So like the way they presented it was like we could win, we can lose, but like I guess it's like whatever happens happens. So I guess there's no expectation, or there isn't, you know, there isn't high expectation set for the fans or, or everyone that's supporting Italy. Whereas uh, everywhere broadcasted, uh, in well, most of you know broadcasted in in the UK, it was you know always it, it's coming home, and I guess it kind of like 
everyone it got into everyone's head that or every fans most of the fans said that you know this 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 only this one chance and you know we have to win we're going to win and it kind of set them off for failure if, or like you know if 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 anything has happened it just makes every you know it makes most of the fan believe that there's only one option and they didn't you know if it's a loss they they, they didn't take it well because i guess they never had you know they never they never had that mindset of if we lose it's still okay because we still made it this far to the final instead of kind of being grateful for become you know coming this far uh, many people resorted into you know different ways and it it's not nice it's not nice to see in here definitely and you know italy also had like high stakes going into the final because they were not playing in the 2018 final and that has happened once in 60 years so i mean that was a big upset in its own and and to come off and bounce off, bounce from that point to be playing in a major european final and eventually winning it you know stakes were really high for them as well but english media presents itself and its news and its players at the peak uh where you know where when you fall then there is certain death and there's nothing else exactly i definitely agree like the media has to blame for you know the reaction of the people uh and all the campaigns i definitely agree maybe this should come from the 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 football association itself and the players but obviously they enjoyed during the tournament maybe that's something that pushes them uh that gives them strength To, to play and you know at least arrive until the final but then uh, it happened twice already in 2018 and now i think they might need to change the strategy uh, you know the media strategy and maybe because uh, it, it it has a lot of benefits to it as well you know you're getting more people to watch football because uh, 31 million were watching the other day the penalty shootout which is half of the population and it's crazy yeah. like those these are crazy numbers Uh, obviously you, you you need to give credit to to its coming home slogan because it's so positive and everyone feels like we are going to win but obviously it has its own uh, benefits uh, as well as uh, uh, you know disadvantages so i think it needs to be considered uh, and maybe they need to change this strategy uh, you know uh, from the other episodes that i have done there's this ghost of mine called adarsh and like he always said that this indian team is different because there's unity between them there is cohesion between them whereas when you see uh, the generation the so called golden generation of england where rio ferdinand david beckham scoles and all these guys used to play they didn't had that they didn't had that chemistry that you know takes them for the longer run to win a big tournament and now that they have the country is not supporting them i mean i know that rivalries like i have also been in birmingham with you guys so i know that rivalries between birmingham city and aston villa takes up takes the whole match to the new level but you know uh, that intercity uh, violence that happens that that is also a part of the game and and that has been persistent in england for a long time and I, there needs to be a way to end this like and there there has to someone who needs to stand up against all these things absolutely <sighs> all right uh, it was really really nice uh, great talking to you guys i mean i was really lost for that moment so uh, thank you amir and omkar for being on our episode and presenting your views on italy and england thank you so much for your time guys Thank you for having us. It was really fun. 
yeah was... thank you for having me and also sorry to cut you off uh, also thank you Amir um, I've actually learned a lot today uh, from, from Amir and yourself and Nico um, yeah thank you for everything the pleasure is all mine to be honest I'm not even lying there so thank you guys Omkar and Amir again hopefully we'll meet in another episode real soon and uh, with that wish I'll say thank you to our listeners who tune in to every episode of ours and please do do remember that the virus is still outside and keep that sanitizer with you and keep that mask on wherever you go so thank you so much thank you so much for coming in and we'll be back with a new episode really soon thank you guys thank you thank you bye bye, bye.